Here's a message from today's episode's sponsor. Pharmacy is transforming. This transformation is having a major impact on pharmacy care and patient treatment outcomes. Pharmacists are the most accessible healthcare providers throughout the country and are taking on more responsibility as their roles are expanding. The RX Influencer Magazine features some of the most influential pharmacists in the nation. Pharma Salon and the Pharmacy Podcast Network are hosting the first RX Influencer Salon event about trends and opportunities in healthcare led by pharmacists. The RX Influencer Salon will be a live event held in St. Louis, October 24th and 25th, featuring four key conference tracks including pharmacogenomics, entrepreneurship, compounding, and cannabis. This event is like none other and will help you build your business, career, and knowledge of the upcoming opportunities in healthcare led by pharmacists. Sign up today by visiting pharmasalon.com forward slash rxinfluencer. That's pharmasalon.com forward slash rxinfluencer. Become part of the most influential providers in healthcare today. Join us in St. Louis at the Rx Influencer Salon. Listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has been leading podcast publications as the insider voice of the pharmacy industry. Explore the profession and business of pharmacy through audio. Join us at pharmacypodcast.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any of your favorite podcast directories. What is pizza is not working? Like seriously, what what has that become? What's it grown into? How did it start? Why does this mean anything to you? You're listening right now, you're driving, you're jogging, you're doing something, you're listening to the podcast. First of all, thank you so much for being here, uh, for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation and Network. This is the gathering of so many subject matter expertise uh, and, and, and people's viewpoints that are in the inside. They're the insiders. You know, pizza is not working came to my attention in the fall of last year, 2021. The mission statement to improve corporate pharmacy operations by empowering pharmacy workers, collaborating with legislative bodies, and mobilizing advocates nationwide. I'm so proud of this group. I'm so proud to be an amplifier of this mission. I want to welcome Dr. Bled Tanoe and Dr. Candice Osula to the Pizza Is Not Working podcast, our kickoff episode. I am thrilled to have you both here. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having us, Dolly. It's always good to be back with you. So great to see you at APG uh, last month. It was fun. Thank you. And thanks for having me too, Todd. And Candice. Candice, um, you have a podcast and it's very popular and you are really broadening the voice of your, uh, your guests and in some of your mission. Could you kick us off just with your background and why you wanted to become a pharmacist and why you're part and part of this and why you're leading and hosting the pizza is not working podcast. Absolutely. Thanks Todd. Um, so yeah, my name is Dr. Candice Olushala and I became a pharmacist just falling in love with the profession 
in relation to it. It feels like the heartbeat of healthcare. I grew up in a healthcare family and I didn't know a lot about pharmacy until college, but it really spoke to who I am as a person. We're very empathetic to the patients that we serve and we're basically scientific math nerds, which I'm very much all about science and math. So um, it was just nice to find my people in pharmacy. And something I really loved about pharmacy was ambulatory care. I really felt like ambulatory care spoke to where the profession seemed to be moving in that we had opportunities to do what's called medication therapy management, where we basically sit down with patients and go through their medication list, make sure that everything on their list is appropriate for their care, that it's safe for them, that it's working for them, a term that we call efficacious or um, um, patient or medication safety and efficacy. And it really got me involved with relating to my patients on a deeper level than just hear your meds. I now am on the advocacy side of pharmacy. I actually left working as a pharmacist for Walgreens as a health outcomes pharmacist for Walgreens at the end of 20 or end of August, 2021 and have really enjoyed working with this movement. I think it speaks a lot to what we're really needing in the profession and something that we've been needing for over a decade at this point um, with the state of healthcare right now. Uh, I think pharmacists play a crucial role in the line of the line of uh, commands, the line of the, the chain of order in healthcare in general from your doctor, even those who run our clinics and our pharmacies, our hospitals, all the way down to the patient. Our role is such a crucial, important role in that chain. And I think it's time for us to be able to protect ourselves and speak up for what we need um, because our health matters and our health affects the health of the patients that we serve. So Bled, I I'm so excited that you introduced me to Candace and then you opened up the doors to what she does as a content developer, a storyteller, a pharmacist, my favorite provider, and marrying that with what you've launched. And I think it's coming up on a year, is it not, of hashtag pizza's not working? Yes, August. <laughs> it's hard to believe. It is hard to believe. So you and I, before we started recording, the three of us were talking about Matt Stoller's piece that he wrote on his blog called Big by Matt Stoller. He released this on November 5th of 2021, and it was titled, Hashtag Pizza Is Not Working Inside the Pharmacist Rebellion at CVS and Walgreens. And he does an amazing job from a metrics perspective, taking us back to 1977 and, and really explaining the, the, the trek and the pathway of CVS, uh, consumer value, systems or consumer, I don't know what that stands for, CVS. That's like one of the trivia questions. I know it's like consumer value something. Um, but regardless, you know, I when I started paying attention to pharmacy in 2004, there was still was thrift drug. There still was um, organizations that have, have been bought up now that have been kind of pulled inside the conglomerate 
that has overshadowed the purity and the meaning and the mission of what is the pharmacist. What, what role does the pharmacist play in order to keep our public safe and in order to complete the cycle of what our physicians do in, in prescribing? And what does that mean? Well, patient safety, right? And we're all insiders to pharmacy. We understand things from a way that we can't expect our consumer necessarily to understand. If you're listening and you are a patient, you are a customer and you pay for pharmacy services through your insurance or through your co-pays or through cash payment, you have to listen to this podcast, hashtag pizza is not working because it will give you an insider's view into why we're doing this. I am not here to bash CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, Costco, Kroger, Publix, my own giant eagle here in, you know, in the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What I am here to do is demand organizations that have great power, just like Spider-Man's uncle said before he died, when you have great power, you have great responsibility. Another word for responsibility is accountability. And that is if we boil it down and we say, hey, pharmacists make 114, 119, 125, $130,000 a year, you know, shut up and just do your job and stop complaining and blah, blah, blah. The first thing I'm going to say to you as a consumer that you don't know this is there are things happening that pharmacists do in the specialty space, in the long-term care space, and especially in the consumer space that you have no idea how much data is flying past them at one given time for the first check, the second check, the final check, and releasing that prescription. Referencing Matt Stoller's uh, article, he referenced some data that we all know about, and that is the third leading cause of death um, before the pandemic without compounding pharmacists with vaccines and metrics around vaccines and you know the whole thing of what the pandemic did to our healthcare system, really it knocked it on, it knocked it on its ass. And who, who stepped up? Pharmacists stepped up to give vaccines and keep going, even though they had all this other work that they'd been doing previous to the pandemic. Third leading cause of death, what was it? It's, it's, it's adverse drug reactions. So we compound that situation with the pandemic and some of the corporate expectations of our pharmacists, and it was, it, it was nothing but disaster as we all were trying to hold on to the, 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 the threads of our sanity as healthcare providers in our pharmacy of what, what you were all going through. And it came to a head, it bubbled to a head and in stepped lead. You stepped up and you made a decision to come out publicly and take on hatred, take on, um, you know, bad posts or people throwing your name under the bus or, you know, you're just complaining or what does she really want to do? That's not easy. I want you to take us back to that point, Bled, when you did take it, you, you stepped out of the ranks and you said, I can't take this anymore. Like this is, this is crazy, but you did it with the patient safety in mind, as well as the safety of the pharmacist in mind. Yeah, I mean, I think I've spoken about this before, and we have all realized that the state of pharmacy that we're seeing today is nothing new. You know, it's just been happening. But as you mentioned, something came with a pandemic that 
almost really, like you said, not that's how so we all really had to wake up. But I think my message really was not any different from what people have been saying. And now, and I go back and forth and trying to figure out what made that first policy in August 7, 2020 to be what it is right now. And as I was searching through my mind, my good friend, Candice, actually brought some light and she said, in your message, you changed the order of the people. And I just, what, what, what do you mean? She said, in pharmacy, we have always said patient and ours. But what made the oppose so real and so deep into our mind is because you change your order, you put pharmacist, technician, student, and then you put patient last. Not because we don't care about our patients, because we realize that where we were as practitioner, we're really affecting our patients. And if we were not shining the light on our own issue, we were definitely not seeing what Master was talking about, what how our profession uh, has this huge impact on patient safety. And if it's used in the wrong way, how that can negatively impact the, the outcome. And I think when I once I realized that that really became for me, the driving point to realize that um, I had to continue that to always put pharmacist technician and student first because um, for a longer time, we ourselves have not put ourselves first. We always put the patient because, again, we, we have empathy, we have care for our patients, we work longer hours, you know, when we know we should not, right? We stay double shift, right? We don't go to the bathroom, we don't eat because we want to make sure that our patients are taking, you know, taken care of, you know, and that, that is admirable, that is honorable, and that's what make, makes us, for me, once again, like Candice says, the heart of the professions, but we came with that is the fact that corporate saw that and abuse of who we were, right? And we did not realize at the time because it was it was not evident. But then things started to creep in, add more work, add more metrics, you know, add more this, you know. And in light of that, and as you mentioned, <laughs> um, my name is being thrown out, put a lot of things, you know, like thrown under the boss, being, being accused of gaslighting or dividing the nation more and all that. My goal and my hope when Peace Is Not Working was born was to know point out fingers, to not separate or to not divide, was to bring acknowledgement and to bring light and to leave that into the hands of the people who once again had the power to do anything and everything that I could not do as an individual. And Peace Is Not Working is not me, it's no, it's not a person, it's an entire profession. It represents the cries of those who have the power to speak out loud and those who, who, who don't, right? And so in a sense, we are all big says not working. And our patients are pharmacists, all technicians, all students. And I think even people out of pharmacy profession are starting to use the, the hashtag themselves, right? So um, again, just as we're here today launching this amazing podcast to give a a platform not just to people who are known in the profession as advocate, but also to give a voice to those who are not known. I'm hoping that this brings out the stories 
of the heroes who were out there, you know, giving their best, giving their life, you know, giving their sweat and their blood and, and serving the communities whose name that we might never hear, you know, but the other really people who are working and, and making sure that our profession remain as beautiful as it is. Candace, you and I know as podcasters that when we use our voice, literally, you can hear the inflection, you can hear the sincerity, you can detect if someone's reading a script, <laughs> at least I know I can. Um, I, many of my clients will, will, part of their interview will be driven by, you know, information that's important to read verbatim. But to me, as a listener of podcast, I want, I want to be updated. I want to feel that I'm listening to something very transparent and I want to use my time listening during my 17 or 20 or 45 minute drive to learn something. So why are we, why are we podcasting hashtag pizza is not working and what do you plan to do with this platform as, as you're leading us as, as the host? So I had brought up the idea for us to do this podcast because one, I know that podcasts are highly used to get information out nowadays in ways that the media doesn't get out. It's less filtered. And the state of the, the profession, I think it was important to get a more unfiltered version from the people behind the counter, by the people behind the counter, on behalf of those same people and our colleagues and the patients that we serve, that there's a duty in our transparency of what's happening. So that way the public knows that our heart for them and public safety in public health is so crucial to us that we realize we now realize and we're speaking up about it, that we need to put our mask on first. We haven't done that at all um, in a very long time. And we're in a state where we're suffocating. And so I wanted to use the podcast as a way for us to start breathing again and breathing together, not feeling like we have to breathe alone or we have to breathe in silence or we can't ask for someone to help us breathe that it's finally time for us to say, when we can breathe well, we can then help put on someone else's mask on. And until we're able to do that, it's not gonna go well. Um, so this is, this is us caring deeply about our, our colleagues, the, the pharmacists, the technicians, the interns, our, our students, anyone who does a rotation with us, like. We care so much about the whole person behind the counter, just as much as we care about those who are in front of the counter, trusting us. And we're trained to make sure that the patient gets what's safe and what's effective. If we are not safe behind the counter, then our patients are not safe. That's why this podcast is so crucial to me. That's, that's the type of stuff that I want to bring to the forefront on this podcast as the host. I want to make sure that we're highlighting real stories by real people behind the counter 
and from patients who are affected by what's happening behind the counter and any other um, able bodies that want to show what they're doing in the pharmacy world, what they're doing in the politics side in relation to healthcare, anyone who's willing to share what's going on nationwide, I think it's going to paint a better picture of understanding. And honestly, like you had said earlier, we're not here to demonize and take down the the big corporations because that could that could lead to a whole other public health crisis that we don't want. But what we do want to say is that if you work with us, if you hear what we're talking about, if you care as much about the patients that we serve and the safety of the public, as much as we do, then you'll hear what we're saying, not as a threat, not as an attack on individuals, but an, an, a highlighting of the structure and how it's not serving everyone within the the system well to have the outcomes that we all would desire. So if you want to work with us, you got to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then us go in it, go in it with everything we have from corporate, from retail, from like every angle we can find from legislature even to make sure that our branch in healthcare gets its gets its nutrients from all angles. So that way we're not an area of the healthcare system, which is there's so much going on, but we're doing our part in our section to try to not be on life support. We want to not feel like we're on life support um, and we, we want to do that together. And we're just willing to speak up about the things that are taking away the nutrients that we need to be a well-functioning machine that cares and cares deeply about our patients, yes, but absolutely about each other and ourselves as individual clinicians. Hashtag together RX, I believe in that. So let me say something controversial, uh, and that is to you, Candace, and to you, Bled, and to pharmacists listening. I like what I want to help CVS and Walgreens and you know the the PBMs that control them and sit down with Karen Lynch and look her in the eyes and say, I want to help you guys make more money. Like I want to actually help you, Todd Yuri, Pharmacy Podcast Network. I literally want to help you make more money and become more profitable and return bigger returns of your stockholders to your stockholders to make your stockholders happy, right? Because isn't that Karen's job? Karen tweeted um, out, which Matt Stoller put in his article, a tweet. It said, earlier today, CVS Health posted third quarter 2021 earnings results, and I'm incredibly proud of what we had to share. As always, I'm thankful for the hashtag Team CVS and inspired by the dedication and heart that they bring to the communities that we serve. And um, and she tweeted that. And there was a lot of irritation among the insiders of pharmacy, the pharmacy professions, the pharmacy professionals, the pharmacists. You bled. I know that you saw that tweet. 
And we were irritated because we felt that during the pandemic, during a heightened state of healthcare providers being on the edge of mental breakdowns and behavioral health uh, danger, that it was very callous to be celebrating um, black and white profit returns to the stakeholders rather than focusing on the care of our, in the safety of our pharmacists serving the customers who literally bring the money to CVS. So back to my statement, I wanna help you be more profitable. For goodness sakes, if we sat down Karen and even brought in Sean Gurton, who's their chief uh, financial officer, and we sat him down at the table and said, you know, if you'd start literally concentrating on the patient's conditions and you started treating these patients from a pharmacist care perspective and you started drilling down into their disease states and into their chronic conditions and you stopped giving us six cents or eight cents or two dollars or four dollars per freaking script stop focusing on the script and start focusing on the patient you jack would actually start making more money you would literally deliver more money to your stockholders if you just did what was right for the patient in the first place instead of making cvs and walgreens and walmart and instead of making it grocery store and shopping you know time like because you just want them to fill up your baskets with everything that you have there as a retailer that's why you put the pharmacist in the back we know that you got to make the patient walk past all your candy and your makeup and your and that, guess what i understand you that's your business that's your retailers but for goodness sakes if you started focusing on value-based care and what the patient needs from their pharmacist and you started to change charge for those services through provider status, for example, you guys would make more freaking money. You would make more money if you just did what was right. So I'm not even asking you not to make more money, even though that irritates me that you're making mm -hmm. more money and you're not taking care of your pharmacist. Go make more money, but just do it the right way. Like for the, I don't, do you see it that way, Bled? Oh, Todd, I feel your righteous anger. <laughs> it's like a word. Um, I mean, yeah, wow, there's just really so much to to unpack on what you just said because we've been talking about is if we have better payment models and better investment everything, you know, okay, business have to survive. We know that. And we all agree that, you know, if you have a business, you have to make profit, we get it. But there is a right way to make profit when you are in the healthcare system. You cannot make profit at the expense of the providers and at the expense of the patients. And I think when those big corporations talk about profit, they're not understanding what we're trying to say. Yes, you have to be able to pay us because we work for you. But the way you're making profit is wrong. You're making profit by diminishing access to care, by limiting um, staff. We can put the patient in danger and also by causing your staff to leave, which again, you know, affect work and labor. So I agree with you. If there is a way for them to increase their revenue, right, in a way that actually protects the profession. Now, is that going to be done? We are going to be honest and say yes, because we are in a time of 
um, being unified and wanting to work together, you know. And so I think that if those corporations were to really sit down, and I've said this before, whoever the economist is needs to be fired because that person has not learned the idea of in order to have production, you have to have labor. That's how it really works. Um, but I agree with you 100%. Um, we need um, the... <laughs> I'm not sure what really goes into their mind when they sit down at the meetings and, and do all the calculations and everything. But also one thing we have not addressed is, or we have addressed is really culture. You know, the culture is of greed is so ingrained in them. And how do you remove that when someone is accustomed to money and profit and everything? How do you shift their mind to a your first priority, your first value is the safety of your patients and the well-being of your employee. This is how you make value, this is how you make money. How do you do that when, they, when there's been a history and a tradition of perpetual grid? And that's that's how we that's really how we're all asking ourselves. And it all comes down to leadership. It all comes down to who is sitting at the table, who's in those conversations, all of that. So how do we change that? You know. Do we make pharmacy client the corporate ladder to be on top of those corporation and maybe we will hope for a better culture, you know? But at the same time, you have pharmacists who are district leaders who have forgotten what it means to be pharmacists and their mind has shifted, you know? So there's so many angles. And I think what is frustrating, we're all wondering, can we fix this? Can we actually fix this, right? And to be honest, I don't know. But can we try? Can we brainstorm? Can we come together? Can we come together together? Us, you know, like Candice was saying, can we come to the table and find ways where we are meeting each other in the middle where it benefits you as a corporate and it benefits me as a provider and a patient? Can we do that? I think, yes, we can. But we are extending ourselves. We bring you the issue, we bring the topic. But if they keep seeing us as adversary, what else can we do? And we really have to, you know, there's so much we can do as much as bringing that to the front forward and, and, and bringing um, the, the issue up there when those who actually are in power to make change are refusing, and that's, that's the only way I can really think of, are really refusing to come to the table. At what point do we, do we you know, do we give up, you know? Or do we keep continuing until we all burn out, right? And we're all tired and I think it's, it's working, right? And so that's, it's difficult, it's, it's infuriating and, you know, and I can understand why people um, don't want to be part of advocacy because you seem, this is that there's no end to it, right? So I don't know, Candace. <laughs> Candace, I, I do want to hear from you on yes. that whole, that whole value-based model that if it was magically implemented as intended, these entities would literally make more money if they did the right things to position and support the clinicians on the floor of the pharmacy, even in that community sector, because that's kind of what we're talking about. We're talking about this national chain community environment. They have bigger opportunities. I, I already said in a previous podcast, two PharmDs per shift at a minimum to ensure that you have a pharmacist floating around on the floor, answering questions about upselling vitamin E and vitamin C 
and you know some DME product and some cane, something to help engage the shopper slash the patient on the floor of the pharmacy to say, hey, I'm a PharmD. My name is Dr. Tanoe. I'm standing right in front of you. Um, you know, I see you looking at this skin powder. Um, are you, do you have a rash? Do you have an itch? Yes, I, I do. Are you on any other medications? Well, yeah, I'm getting my medication filled right now. You know, there you go. All right, well, let's talk. I mean, you, number one, you're upselling. <laughs> you're selling all this other stuff because you're the PharmD. You're, you're a trust. You're the number one trusted uh, healthcare provider and people are listening to you. So they have an opportunity to buy more stuff and they're buying more stuff because the pharmacist on the floor that's not behind the bench because I think they could exchange that within a shift. So every eight hour shift, you're exchanging one PharmD, PharmD out front, one PharmD behind the, the bench, you know, making sure people aren't dying from contraindications. And I'm, and I'm saying that could infuse upselling from a pharmacist perspective of understanding what these over-the-counter products do, which you know as well as I do, Candice, that our patients and our consumers don't think that over-the-counter products are dangerous because they're over-the-counter and I can, you know, overdose on cough, cough drops because I, I've eaten 220 of them today. Why do I have diarrhea? So it's, it's always that opportunity. But what's your thought around doing what's right and still being profitable? You hit the nail on the head. This this was something that I I was very vocal about in my role as a health outcomes pharmacist because I had access to patients all over my state. So it wasn't just being in a store and just the patients in my area are who I get to talk to, but I spoke to patients east and west and central all over. And having studied public health, something that I was bringing up in the pharmacy was if you hear the cries of the consumer, that would be a better driver of how well you're actually doing. The metrics and even the money don't translate to what's actually happening. Cause we don't, we don't really, we don't really see the money, um, <clears throat> on the ground floor. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> so if y'all are seeing money, um, where is it? Uh, so that's one, but two, instead of catering to the need of the patient or even hearing how they're, how they are seeing the change in our profession, cause they're very vocal. Anyone up top who just goes on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, patients are speaking out on what they're experiencing. I can't get my meds. I'm not seeing the same pharmacist in my pharmacy. Like the turnover rate is crazy. I don't, it's a new pharmacist every couple of weeks. It's only half of the staff is here now. Oh, now the hours have changed. Oh, now I don't, I can't call because everything's shut down. Like yep. patients are noticing. Now, it is evident. If you take the time to go to the consumer and say, okay, this is what they have cried out about because it affects them. They're the ones that put money in our pocket. So what can we do 
to make sure that they not only put money in our pocket today, but they're alive to do that tomorrow and want to. <laughs> like that to me is so, it's a no brainer. Um, but the relationship with our, our chains, insurance companies, it's almost as though there's this school of thought. I'm just speculating. I literally have no idea. Yep. But it's almost as though there's a school of thought out there that as long as we can automate or do something that will get the patients to have to get their medication, whether they ask for it or not, whatever it is that we can do to just automatically do stuff before they have an opportunity to voice, it doesn't matter because we get to pay each other up top, which basically to me looks like robbery at that point. You can't rob from the patient or force the patient into a situation or even your workers into a situation and not expect it to crack at some point. It's going to crash. So our ability to hear the consumer, one, but then hear those who are in direct contact with said consumers, two, if the consumer and the ones that are directly serving the consumer are in a position where they both want to leave your company and not do business with you ever again or work with you ever again, the money that you're making today is not going to be a long-term sustaining financial plan. This will turn into lawsuits. This will turn into bankruptcy. Things that I would assume that our CEOs don't want for their companies. Um, So this is also a way to protect their names Mm -hmm. as companies. The, I remember a season of time where when people heard the word Walgreens, it was highly revered. People loved the structure of Walgreens. And to watch that name basically be drug into the mud without our, like our ability to really do anything about it as workers for the company and CVS started seeing it and Rite Aid started seeing it. It was, it was painful to be someone who was proud to work for these companies and then realize, wait a second, they've just taken the reins out of my hands. And I, I, I can't, I have nowhere to turn to make it stop now. Mm -hmm. Um, It was disheartening. It was embarrassing even. And it was, gut-wrenching to watch how it was affecting the patients and it's still doing that so it's like how do we get back to that space where people are saying when I go to my Walgreens or when I go to my CVS or when I go to my Rite Aid or when I go to Publix or Costco wherever pharmacy chain they go to they feel like they they not only heard me but they served me mm-hmm. servitude is the best way to gain profit in any area, whether that's a financial profit, whether that's a a profit of um, trust, whether it's a profit of um, honesty and humility, like all of those things are going into the pocket in ways that money can't buy for you. Yeah. And if that doesn't matter to you, your money is fleeting. Mm -hmm. Your, your system is fleeting 
And you're going to lose more than you've been glow, glowing for yourself to have gained. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, get, get out of your pocket and get into your heart. Mm. That's like, that is, that is the biggest, like I had literal tears on the phone with my managers who were also pharmacists and their managers above them who were also pharmacists and their managers above them who were pharmacists that graduated from my university. And I'm going, did you guys forget the heart? Like, did did you just, did it just leave your body at some point? And you're now you're so just swimming in your vats of money that you forgot Mm -hmm. that there are people down here. Yeah. Like we are down here. The, the patients are down here. The consumers are down here. Mm-hmm. We need you to remember. If that means, if that means leaving your corporate office and, and coming to a pharmacy every once in a while and talking to the people, just so you get it in your head that we're not computers behind a screen and just metrics that show up on your on your system, that we are living, breathing people that care. Mm-hmm. If that's what you need to do, that is me giving you advice to help you stay afloat, which if, if you, again, we have already talked about this. We don't want your systems to shut down. Right. We don't want these companies to shut down, be destroyed and all sorts of stuff. We want you to thrive mm-hmm. because you help us allow the public to thrive. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. So let us do that with right you. There. <laughs> I love let, that. Us, <laughs> yeah. let us do that with you. Like we yeah, want yeah. to help because we yeah. have the heart is so big <laughs> down here and yeah. we just want you to share the heart with us. Is that yeah. too much to ask? Yeah. And I find that I'm really excited about our podcast because that's really what you want to highlight, Candace, is to remind people of the heart of the pharmacist by, and the technician by bringing those people who are actually, you know, at the front of everything, you know, and I've said like one of the biggest thing about who we all as a professional is our heart. If you remove our ability to, to love our patients, to connect with them and to, and to, and to have desire to serve them, then we are nothing as a profession. And and people can fight me on that and that's fine. But if you ask anyone, what have you gone to pharmacy? They will say, because I want to serve. You can't serve without a heart. And and, and, and what we see right now is the fact that professionals are so tired and so overwhelmed and they become displaced with their profession and they detach. And one of the most dangerous things for me is a, det- a detached healthcare provider. When a healthcare provider stops caring, not because they want to, but because they're forced to, that is for me, that's the most dangerous for patients, right? And for society. And so how do we revive the heart of healthcare? which for me, five million again, is pharmacy. How do we do that? You know, we as advocate, we as you, me, Todd, and everybody, and all this association, we can try, but it takes two parts of the heart to beat. There's us, and there's also the employers. And we need them to make the heart beat. We can try to keep pumping that blood, but eventually, guess what? We are going to be tired, and we're going to give up. I would say the heart of corporate in regard to pharmacy, is dead. That's why we are here. It's dead. And we, on the other side, we are fighting to revive it, you know? And I think we're gonna be, we're gonna keep fighting as, as long as we can, but eventually, if they don't wake up, it's not our goal for the system to fall again. And Candice, you say so beautifully, we need 
does cooperation to make this system going. Yes, we have independent and we need to fight for them, but we also need the bigger chain, right? For more access and all that. So it's not the hope or desire for by me or anybody that we will not have any CVS anymore in this country. We, we can have a better CVS. That's why really what we want. We want a better CVS. We want a better work, is a better woman and better everything. You know, we want a culture that is not driven by greed, but a culture that's driven by, by, by serving, you know, where the heart speaks first, not just not, not the mind or the packet, you know. And so I'm excited to, to see the podcast flourish. I'm excited to what it's going to bring to the table, you know, with um with Todd as our partner and you know all that we can we can bring to remind people that pharmacy is has always been one of the most beautiful profession ever because we have we were we are the people at the center of the community and we want to remain you know as such you know but we need to be revived and how do we do that together I agree I agree so there's 2434 listed United States-based publicly traded companies in in the U.S. Okay, not in the world. That's just U.S. So, so we have two thousand four hundred and thirty-four publicly traded companies. Imagine if you are a healthcare provider and you are a publicly traded company. You are required to have a patient expertise panel that is part of healthcare providers as part of that panel to give a report back to that publicly traded company, a, fail, a, a passing grade or a failing grade, where they've said they believe that the entity is paying attention to what is most important in the healthcare continuum, which is the outcome of a grade that the patient and the, um, and the healthcare provider together comes up with, and, and what those grades would be for our um, publicly traded PBMs, what it would be for Aetna, you know, as a, as an insurance carrier, what it would be for my local hospital system in Pittsburgh called UPMC, like what that, what kind of impact or what kind of transparency would come about if their stock price was literally impacted by a grade or feedback from the public and the which, which, by the way, some of those public people, I don't have stock in UPMC, but they serve my community of Pittsburgh and greater Pittsburgh areas and multi-state areas as a healthcare provider. Well, if they had a D minus because the patient and the healthcare provider that works for them, which would all be held you know, in secret of, of where that data come from so that it could be gathered, would show them that they were, you know, almost failing in patient advocacy or patient voice. We're changing. This is not the same healthcare system that when I was born back in 1972, it's not the same healthcare system today. We, we expect things to be disrupted and to be changed. And there is no corporation that can be so powerful today in profits and in positioning that they will not fall. Rome was the greatest one of the greatest civilizations ever and it fell because its leadership was corrupt and that's documented in, that is documented in history economics classes where they'll study why did rome fall like how did how did the how did this gargantuan you know force how did it crumble well it crumbled because the leadership at the top levels year after year decades after decades 
was not doing what was right for the taxpayer slash citizen. And it all collapsed in and out of itself. And that's exactly what Candace was saying. She's like, listen, CVS, we want you to thrive. We want you to be successful. And you can be more successful if you just do what was right and take care of your pharmacist, which are the, are the, are the, are the, are the they're the fabric of what's bringing your money in is if I say CVS to anybody, if I go up to my uncle, my uncle Pete, uncle Pete, what is CVS? It's a pharmacy. Well, wait a second. It doesn't, it doesn't they sell, sell candy bars? I think it's a, I think it's a, a storefront. And he'd be like, well, no, it actually, it's a pharmacy, right? Right. So if you're going to be a pharmacy, which you say you are, then go be a pharmacy and lead with pharmacy care services. And I'm not saying you can't sell your nail polish and your makeup and your, of course you can, but lead with pharmacy, lead with your pharmacists, lead with your technicians. And then what, what happens? Your patients care, get cared for. They feel better. They just walked away with a pack of vitamins and some protein powder and some other things that they were never going to buy, but it was mm -hmm. because of the condition that you were in and you actually feel better. And you actually keep coming back there and you keep buying more and more and more stuff because now you're concerned about your health because your pharmacist took the time to tell you as a diabetic that you need to start paying attention to your glucose levels. And here's how I'm going to help you do that. So it's not, this is not rocket science, what we're all saying, by the way. You know, I love thing, one thing like Candace said was the pride that we used to take when working, when we work for employee. I remember when I was, when I moved into the country, the first thing I told my, my dad was, I'm going to be, I'm going to work for Walgreens. And he was just so shocked that that was a name that I picked up from, from all the other pharmacy that was. So I said, I'm going to work for Walgreens. And from the moment I made a decision, I did everything I could to get into the company because by the time there was something about the structure and the value that was very appealing to me. When we become to not take pride in where we work, in the way that we have nicknames, from where we work, that impacts the way we feel about our profession and the way we enter with our patients. So as a corporation, if you have a nickname that is not a great nickname among the profession, you should be thinking, because you were talking as public relations, that's also important. That also brings money, how the public views you is important, you know? And if as pharmacists and technicians and engineers, we don't take pride of where we work, why would, why would a patient come? see us right you know and so that there is a whole dynamic that is affected here and i echo once again kenny's word that we want you to thrive we want you to be the best of the best and come to the table with us discuss those issues let's find solution right let's let's help you um, in a way that is going to make you more money. That, and that's what is interest of you, but also in a way that brings value to, uh, to, your, uh, to your employers and also to the patients. Candice, uh, bring us to a close for today's kickoff episode of the hashtag pizza is not working podcast. This is just the beginning. I'm so excited that you're our host, Candice. This means a lot to me as I'm one of your fans and really bringing some uh, additional light to what you're doing, but let us know what's up next. All right, guys. So up next is that I need to hear from you. I'm going to be making sure that we have a link 
where you can submit your stories and it's anonymous. Okay. So you don't have to feel like we're going to out you. Like we said, we want to protect, we want to protect our workers. And we're going to show that here on the podcast and throughout the movement that anyone who's a part of us, if you want to be as public as you want about being a part of this movement, awesome. We support you. If you want to be as anonymous as possible about being a part of the movement, awesome. We support you too. But everyone, whether public or anonymous, gets an opportunity to share what's actually happening. So I want to hear from you guys. We all want to hear from you guys. We're going to post a link probably in the show notes of a Google Doc, and you can submit your stories. We want you to um, share them. Anytime you have a story, you can go back and post it because we'll use those stories to share on the podcast. We'll read them in different segments just so people can hear from Bobby Joe in Wisconsin and how he's been struggling to get his medications. And then Dr. Sarah in Chicago, who has been fighting with insurance and then having to deal with the metrics and then losing workers and the store hours cut and how that's affecting her clientele. And we want to hear all of those honest, raw stories. Okay, so we're going to do that um, up next. And we'll also be looking for people to interview on the podcast. So if there's anyone who works in pharmacy, whether you're a pharmacist, if you're a store manager, if you're a CEO, you're welcome to come here too. Um, any legislature, um, anyone who works with the legislative branches, um, any of our um pharmacy bodies, whether that's our state organizations, our boards of pharmacy, anyone who works in there, in our education system, we want to hear from people that are connected to the pharmacy, which (laughs) newsflash, that's everybody. So (laughs) if you have a grandma, you connected. If you have an auntie, you're connected. If you're a student in pharmacy, you are connected. So Everybody's connected to this podcast and we want your stories to be heard. So please submit as many as you can anytime you want. The form will always be there because your stories are always going to help us know what to bring to our boards and our state organizations to fight for you. Pharmacists, I want you to hear me. Pharmacists, interns, technicians, you are our priority right now. Okay, I want you to get that in your head and hold on to it. It's a little uncomfortable because we're not used to saying this about about ourselves. But in this space, you all matter. We matter. And you being able to speak up and our ability to share your voice is how we get to remind you that you matter. We will fight for you. And know that in us fighting for you and us fighting for each other, we are ultimately fighting for our patients. So hear us out here, share your stories. We would love to hear from you. We would love to have you on the podcast and um, looking forward to starting this new venture with you guys. Thanks again, Todd, for this platform to be able to do this. Absolutely. Thank you. Got it. You got it. You got it. Please, if you're listening, please share this podcast with a fellow healthcare provider, a physician, a pharmacy technician. Share it with nurses. We love nurses. My wife's a nurse. 
and there's three million of you out there. Talk about if we could get nurses behind pizza is not working because it's not working for them either. It's not oh like it's, it's not <laughs> working for nurses either. They don't want PA. a box of pizza. They want their issues solved because we're losing nurses to, to this, to what's happened to our healthcare system. And it's not all the system. It's not all the insurance people's faults. So we're saying we're, we just want people to come to the table. And, and I absolutely agree to that. I'm so proud of both of you. I am honored to be blasting this out to the uh, podcast waves and we're going to have more coming. So uh, be on the lookout. Hashtag pizza is not working podcast. <laughs>